Merry Christmas. Great to see you. My name is Douglas. If I haven't met you before, if you're new here, it is so good to see you. I'm one of the pastors here. That's my great privilege to do that full time uh, here in Russell Keimer. I've uh, been living here for about a year and a half, and it is a great joy to be able to, uh, to open God's Word with you tonight. I just want to tell you about uh, a couple of summers ago when I was uh, up on vacation or on holiday, as I would say, up in the highlands of Scotland. It is a, a place close to my heart. It features in many of my illustrations whenever I'm preaching. It is lush. Uh, it is green. The air is clear. And in this particular area, the Wi-Fi is particularly bad. And so you can just relax. No one can get hold of you. You can't really check your emails. My phone doesn't really work. You can't be bothered by anything. Um, I absolutely love it for various reasons. Uh, so on our a uh, particular holiday there. We were there for a couple of weeks and over a weekend. We were there for a Sunday. And so on this particular Sunday morning, we decided to explore. And there's something we often do. We went to the local church. We just found the closest one that was down the road. Uh, just a small country church. And as we arrived, there was a police officer there. They asked what we were doing. And we said we wanted to attend the service. So they just told us to take a seat. Uh, so we said we were there, and, and, and in we went. There were about 40 of us there, so really just the same size as this small section uh, here in front of me. The service started, uh, for those of us who like to sleep, at a, the particularly wonderful time of 11 a.m. What a glorious time for a morning service. And at 10.59, uh, a little door uh, down at the front, really very similar to this one over here, uh, just opened, just in that final minute before the service and uh, in walked these two little old ladies and just took their seats down at the front. I audibly gasped at this point. My wife, Laura, hit my leg. My daughter, Phoebe, looked up at me and said, Is that the Queen? It was Queen Elizabeth II and her lady in waiting. They stayed just along the road, and so when she was in Scotland, this was the particular local church that she went to. Really felt amazing and slightly distracting to be in the presence of someone so famous. Not to be uh, just anyone, but real royalty. I wonder, who would that be for you? Would it be maybe a film star, maybe a musician, maybe an actor, uh, maybe a sportsman of some kind, maybe even a politician, someone famous from history. Uh, so tonight, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, Matthew 2, which is actually found on page 11 of your bulletin. It was the reading that Caleb did for us, the visit of the wise men there. So we see the wise men visiting the one, and we see him labeled there, who's born king of the Jews. I want you to think tonight about how you would respond to Jesus. I want you to, to think about the fact that he, that's Jesus, that we're reading about here, that we're celebrating tonight, is the king of the Jews. But he's also God. At this time of year, as Christians, we remember and celebrate how, and as Josh mentioned, how he left heaven. And how he came to earth, being born as a baby there. You'll, you'll see it in the text in a place called Bethlehem. I want you to think about tonight. How will you respond to Jesus? Who do you say Jesus is? Is he just 
a special baby born somewhere in the Middle East? Is he maybe a king of some kind or is he God? Who he is should determine how we respond. If you've got a Bible, open it there to Matthew 2. If you, or as I said, you can just turn to page 11 and look there in the bulletin with me. And so look there at the text. And immediately we see that this event, this isn't just a story or a nice uh, but very strange story. This is given a specific location. We're given a specific time. This is in Bethlehem. This is given a context. This is in the time of King Herod. This is a real place. This is a real king. Someone who ruled for 33 years. We're introduced to this real historical event. And for us, this location might sound unimportant. It's just Bethlehem. We've all heard of Bethlehem. If you've been a Christian for a while, if you've ever heard about who Jesus is, you've heard of Bethlehem. And if you haven't, you're like, who cares? Where's Bethlehem? What is it? But for anyone who knows the Bible, you will know that this is an important place. And I think if you've lived in the UAE long enough, I think it's a little bit like somewhere like Alain. People outside of the UAE have never heard of it, but we know it. We've heard of it. And we know it's, especially if you're an Emirati, it's where our president was born. It's an important place. What is different Here, though, in this text, this wasn't world news. The thing we're reading about, there were not news trucks pulling up or or national celebrations given. What we know is from other texts is that Jesus did have special visitors. In other places, we've we've sung about them tonight in various ways. We know that uh, he was visited by shepherds. We know he had angels visiting. And what we're going to look at tonight is how also the wise men, they came from the east they followed a star. They are important men in their own land. And here they're arriving in Jerusalem and they appear before King Herod. That's what we see as we open the text. Whether they know it or not, they say to King Herod, he's the current king on the throne. They say, hey, we've, we've come to visit the real king. We have come to visit the real king. King Herod, he's known as a particularly vicious and angry king. He'd been named, as the title uh, that he'd been given by the Romans who were in charge of this area was, he was the official, the, he considered himself the king of the Jews. Yet here we have, in our text, we have three foreign men turning up, coming before King Herod and saying, hey, we're here to see the baby whose throne you're sitting on. We're here to see the one, the baby, who a couple of years ago was born the king of the Jews. This is the title we see them give Jesus in the text. You can just imagine Herod is not particularly happy that apparently there is someone out there just a few miles down the road in Bethlehem who's come to take his place. Look there in the text. What what do these wise men say they have come to do. Look down there at verse 2 with me. If you've got your Bible open, look down at verse 2. They say they've come to worship Jesus. They say they've come to worship him. They could have said anything. They could have done and said so many things. I mean, we know the gifts they brought. We know we've heard of gold and frankincense and myrrh. You see those there at the end of our verses. 
They could have just said that. They could have just said, hey, we're here to bring a little boy called Jesus some gifts. Have you, do you know where he is? That wouldn't have raised any suspicions. They could have just said they're there to see Jesus, to see if these rumors are true, if they're real. But they say they've come to worship. I wonder, what brings you here tonight to Rack Evangelical Church? Is it maybe to have a look? Maybe you've never been in a church before. Maybe you know a Christian who invited you here. Maybe you've been thinking about coming back to church for a while. Maybe you just want to come and see what happens inside a church to have a look and find out more. That is totally fine. We are so glad you are here. We want you to know more about Jesus. We need to know that he is really God, that he really left heaven and came to earth as a man and was really born 2,000 years ago in a real place called Bethlehem. We also know that he is someone who deserves worship. He's not just the king of the Jews. He's not just some Jewish guy. He's not even just a prophet like others would say. He is the only king that deserves our worship. He is the only God. And he is the only way to salvation. He is, Jesus Christ is the only one who deserves our praise. So like these wise men that we read about here that have traveled, we, we've gathered here tonight, many of us who are Christians, we've gathered here tonight to, to worship Jesus Christ. That's why we've just sung all of these songs. That's why we just sang for you, Is He Worthy? Because yes, He is. He is worthy of our praise. Friends, Jesus left perfection in heaven. Utter perfection. Came to earth and was born as a man. This is so crucial for you to understand and know as you leave here tonight. Look back at our, our passage with me. Look there, look there at uh, kind of how King Herod responds to this. The word you see there is the word troubled. Other translations use the word disturbed. And that's because no one, no one here, no one in this whole world can be neutral about who Jesus is. As we look at the Bible and we learn what the Bible says, we are only really left with two options. As we learn from Jesus and his teaching that as he says uh, that he is God and says that he lived a perfect life and that he says that to follow God you need to believe in him alone, that there is no other God or man or anything else you can do, you realize that what he is saying, all of this that he claims himself demands a response. Jesus is either telling the truth and completely deserves our worship as God, or he is a liar and should be completely rejected. We're not seeing Herod in our text say, yeah, yeah, that's totally fine. Jesus seems like a nice guy. Or, oh, that's so cute that Jesus was born. Good for him. Yeah, take your gold and frankincense and myrrh. Herod is horrified. Herod is disturbed and troubled to his complete core about what is happening. Friends, you cannot be neutral about Jesus. You either worship Jesus or you completely reject him. There is nothing 
in between. So as Herod is troubled there in verse 3, we then see how he responds. He scrambles to understand who Jesus is and calls together all the the kind of religious leaders and and they tell him what it means in verse 5 and 6. We see that they quote part of the Old Testament. Now that's what that, that quote is from. And that's a part of the Bible written before Jesus. And here in this quote from that book, we see God promising that there will come a ruler, one who will shepherd God's people. And that he will be from this particular land. This is completely incredible people working for Herod and then Herod himself and then we see before that the angels as we heard earlier and then the shepherds in the field and finally these wise men all knew about this they all knew of this coming ruler this promised king this shepherd of the people friends God has already way before this has promised that all of this would happen and what we're seeing in our text tonight is that all of this is happening exactly as he said. Herod knows that. That is why he calls the wise men back and he asks them some questions and desperately wants to know. He's scrambling to know where this child is. Where is this true king of the Jews? Friends, this boy is an enemy. This boy Herod sees as a threat. Herod wants to, and in the verses following this particular story, you can see for yourself that he tries to kill Jesus by killing all the small boys in that city. Herod rejects and is an enemy of the true king of Jesus Christ. Friends, let me ask you here tonight, whether you're young or old, whether you're a boy or a girl, who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say Jesus is? Let me ask you, how do you respond to him? These are really the most important questions anyone can ever ask you. I want you to think about them. Who is Jesus? Who do you say Jesus is? And how will you respond to him? Will it be rejection? Are you disturbed and And truly horrified by Jesus. Perhaps it offends you that he says he is the only way to salvation. He's the only way to come to God or to enjoy eternal life. Perhaps you want to do it on your own. Perhaps you want to maybe work hard or maybe do a certain sacrifice or pay something in order to do it yourself. These are important questions to think about. Now I'm not sure about you. Uh, But I particularly think babies are just so cute. Next week, uh, I have the great joy of traveling to see some of my family, and I'm going to meet a new niece and nephew of mine for the first time. The hard thing is, really, however cute they are, which I think we all agree with, babies are incredibly cute. However cute and sweet they are, sadly, they're not perfect. Now, my sister, I'm pretty sure, I'm almost entirely sure, has not taught her children to be naughty or to get things wrong. She hasn't taught them how to do that. I think it's the same with you. It's the same with me. Really, we're all born 
on the naughty list, if you will. There is truly, sadly, nothing good about you. Merry Christmas. I mean, what a message. I mean, this pastor, he has really brought the Christmas cheer in 2022. But sadly, friends, this is completely true. None of us are good. This is the truth. We are all naturally respond like Herod the king. We really don't want the truth of learning who Jesus is. But amazingly, this baby, this boy that we're reading about, this one born in Bethlehem, born in a, in a stable with animals as we know, he was the promised king. He was the coming Christ. He was the Messiah that the world was waiting for. We think about gifts and and celebrations as Christians at Christmas uh, in December. And that's all because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has already done. You see all those, those bad things that we know we've all done even just today. Even from the moment you were a baby through to your drive here when you probably thought something bad or did something bad or something today at work. All of those little things... We call them sin and sins. They all deserve a punishment. It's the same for all the things you did today and last week, but it's also the same for all the things you'll do tonight and tomorrow and the next day. Sadly, the punishment for those is death. What Jesus does, though, as completely promised by God, as he said he would, is to to come. Is to leave heaven and perfection and come to earth as a man and then to die. And not just die, but he died on a cross and takes the punishment for many sinners. He pays the price. He lives, gives his life as a sacrifice. It's a perfect sacrifice. This servant king, this sinless savior, so that you don't have to. And after three days, he doesn't stay dead. He Again, as promised, he rises from the dead and he conquers sin and death and he rules today and he will return. It's in anticipation of this that we'll conclude our time together by singing joy to the world. Friends, you can't do any of this on your own. As we said, there's nothing good about you. It's only Jesus that can pay this price. This is the good news. Jesus has done it. He has done what you can never do, no matter how hard you try. It's because of who he is and what he will do that Herod tries to kill him. And it's because of who he is and what he will do that the wise men leave their country, follow a star, walk into King Herod's city, and then walk the six extra miles all the way down the road to Bethlehem. Friends, all of that, All of that is forgotten in an instant because, if you look at the text, so amazing is Jesus, so wonderful is it to be in his presence that we read there, they fell down and worshipped him. Now we often talk about in paintings or in history or in uh, music or in literature, we talk about their gifts and we all know the gold and frankincense and myrrh. I think what we sometimes forget, what we should never forget is that their immediate response to Jesus, the text says, they fell down and worshipped him. Worship is 
the proper response to Jesus. He is the king. He is the promised Messiah. And friends, Jesus is God. Who do you say he is? And how will you respond to Jesus this Christmas?